Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, mental health, and wellness, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. This podcast episode is brought to you by UHSM HealthShare, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.uhsm.com or call 1-800-900-8476. Friend, have you heard the news? I'm officially releasing my first book this summer with Dayspring Publishing. It feels wild saying that, but I have been behind the scenes writing away and it is happening. It's called Worthy, 50 Mindful Moments to Bring Peace and Clarity to Your Day. And honestly, it is the book that I've been wanting to read. Listen, have you found yourself feeling more anxious and overwhelmed in today's cultural climate? Has the modern social media world and hustle culture left you on a roller coaster of feeling insecure and inadequate no matter how much you do? Or do you tend to struggle with people pleasing in order to feel valuable and worthy? You are certainly not alone. Many of us have been struggling at the intersection of our faith and our mind in today's world. So whether you need a total digital detox or just a little more balance, I've truly aimed to gather the information and inspiration to help you feel a little more refreshed, more clear, and more at peace within each day. These 50 faith-inspired devotions are integrated with helpful psychological tips and insights to reset each day with a grounded mind and spirit. I wish you had this in your hands in front of you because you'll see that it has a beautiful, simplistic design with short yet impactful messages of peace and clarity, along with inspirational quotes and affirmations and mental health trackers so readers will be able to declutter your mind, check in with your mental health, and focus on how to show up with intention for each day. In essence, this interactive devotional is designed to help you, one, practice a more grounded and internal sense of security. Two, realign with your values and convictions to show up confidently as your true self. Three, refresh your faith with the hope and peace of God's word. Four, develop the psychological tools to better cope with anxiety and overwhelm. And five, redefine the necessary boundaries for your overall mental, emotional, and spiritual health, and so much more. Within Worthy, get ready to reclaim your days with a sound mind to show up confidently for the life God has called you to live. You can grab the book on Amazon or dayspring.com or Barnes and Noble and really wherever books are sold. And the links to order will be in the show notes below. So be sure to check it out. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, guys, I'm so excited. I have Jessica here for today's episode. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I'm, it's like overdue. I know I've been wanting to have you on for a conversation and 
I've just been so inspired by all of the incredible work that you're doing with Noonday Collection. Um, and yeah, we got to have a conversation on your podcast about overcoming um, codependency and things like that. So really looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think what you're doing is incredible. We're going to get to know a little bit more about Jessica soon, but as a global entrepreneur through Noonday Collection, you've been able to partner with women, with artisan businesses in some of the world's most vulnerable communities and just help develop their businesses through fair trade, empowering them to grow sustainably and to create jobs for themselves and their families. And as I was reflecting on this, I mean, it really makes me think of equipping like the Proverbs 31 woman in a sense, you know, which I know we use a lot, but it's this idea from Proverbs 31, 17 and 18, you know, she's energetic and strong. She's a hard worker and makes sure her dealings are profitable. She creates this means to help provide for her household, which is a noble thing. And, you know, you look at some of these women through Noonday Collection and they've been able to help feed their families and some mm -hmm. able to give their children and education. So mm -hmm. that's just like a kind of a quick summary there. But for those who aren't familiar, can you let us know a little bit more about yourself and what led to what you're doing today? Just briefly starting out. Yes. And I'm just going to, I just receive what you just spoke <laughs> over me. I'm like, yes, bring it. I love it. I love it. I, it's funny you bring up that scripture because I have actually very well endowed arms. So out of mm. every place in my body, I have, I have bigger arms and I, when I was getting married, which I know that's what you're about to do. And I yes. was like picking out wedding dresses. And I just remember thinking, can I actually go strapless or go was revealing my arms. Cause I'm always, mm. that's like the one part of my body I try to cover up. And that was the scripture at the time. My therapist was like, look at Proverbs. So she was, she had, she was strong, yeah. you know? And so it, it gave me that courage to wear the dress I wanted to wear. So there we go. I love there that. We go. So I love that. And I think all of us have an inner strength in us. And especially for the communities we work with, it's just a matter of, us getting to kind of reveal that and partner mm -hmm. in that way with them. So we are a social impact lifestyle brand, and we create a marketplace for artisan made goods, everything from candles and diffusers to jewelry, to bags, to Christmas ornaments. And it's a really, really beautiful handmade with love items. And we create a marketplace through a network of female entrepreneurs across America that we call Noonday Collection Ambassadors. And so these ambassadors gather their friends, have pop-up shops, and tell the stories and style women. And it started 11 years ago. I started wow, the company. Wow, congrats. And yeah, thank you. And so now we've grown to, we have about 40 employees in our Austin office, and we partner with thousands of artisans around the world. And it is just an honor and a pleasure to get to do what I do. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And 
all of your stuff is really cute too. I'm just putting that out there. Go check out the shop. Like these are things that I would actually wear like all the time, super stylish and also giving back as well. Um, and today we're specifically talking about letting go of perfectionism to step out in imperfect courage. This is a part of your journey. This is a part of your story and starting up Noonday Collection. And I think you know, with us talking about mental health, we're really talking about the mentality around perfectionism and being willing to step out, um, to take risks, to move past fear, to move past all the things that hold us back. And so I, wa I was hoping we could just talk about like, what are some of the common traits of perfectionism and how does that affect us? Like in your own experience? Hmm. I think for me, perfectionism is this idea, this myth that there is a point of arrival. Mm. There is this point of arrival where you will be skinny enough to be the founder of a fashion brand. Mm. You will be well networked enough to be an entrepreneur. You will be an expert enough mm. in like you need an MBA in order to run a business. And these are narratives that were so loud when I was starting Noonday Collection. And especially, I actually started it as a fundraiser to bring our third child home from Rwanda. We decided mm. to adopt to bring our third child into our family. And my husband and I went belly up. It was during the real estate crisis around 2008. And that's the industry that we were working in. So I needed to make some money and make some money fast because we we're halfway through this adoption and I wasn't going to let a financial obstacle get in the way. Yeah. So at the time I was just hair on fire, just going out and selling these artisan made goods that some friends of mine had living in Uganda had connected me with these artisans and I started selling things and I wasn't super self-conscious. I wasn't, um, I didn't have a lot of imposter syndrome because I was just hell bent. I was just like, like survival mode. Home. Yeah. Right. And then at one exactly. point it started having traction mm -hmm. and I thought, Oh, this isn't a fundraiser anymore. This is, this could be a viable business. And then, um, at that point I knew I either needed to raise money or find a business partner. And I ended up finding a business partner and he had a Wharton MBA background and he was going to live off a savings account for two years because we were still weren't making enough money to pay ourselves right. salary. And that is when I truly thought, okay, I remember, I remember sitting in my prayer chair at the time. I always have a prayer chair in my life. I love that. And this one was in my master and I'm sitting in my prayer chair and there was this mentality that I needed to just sit and pray for the rest of my life until I knew I wasn't going to like, because I remember thinking, what if I'm successful? And that mm. goes to my head. What if I fail and my business partner, potential business partner at the time, just, you know, his whole family just lives out on the streets. Mm. And, but I remember there being this strong sense of perfectionism almost in my faith walk around success specifically. Yeah. And I think that is because I grew up in a more traditional role family and this idea. And then even in college, the idea of a successful Christian was to go overseas and go to the Middle East. So for me, it was like, 
oh my gosh, because I had this, I did feel like it was going to be successful and I was very scared of that. And I was scared of what it would look like for my faithfulness to God. And somehow Mm. I was not holding this tension that I could be successful and also still be faithful to God and like hold God first in my life. So for me, I thought, well, I just need more humility before I start this thing or whatever. And I just remember God just saying, goodness gracious, this is why I came. This is the entire point of me coming. And like, he didn't say, oh, don't worry. You're not going to get proud. Don't worry. Um, You're going to be successful, but you're going to remain faithful. It was more of like, yeah, you're going to mess this up Mm. and you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, it's been 11 years and have there been times when, yeah, when I have, you know, found my identity in mm-hmm. the day and, and it's success. Yeah. And God always just brings me back to him, you know? And so I think for me, perfectionism and faith had to look like I'm going to mess up. And God says, go anyway, I'm going to yeah. give you. And then in my role as an entrepreneur who had no background in um, I had a background in entrepreneurship. I didn't have any fashion background. I did not. I would not have been voted most likely to own a, an accessories brand. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. And I, there were just everything. There were so many things where I truly didn't know what I was doing. And yet I went anyway. And I, I bring up how I wasn't self-conscious at the beginning. And I think that's because when you are just on mission right. and you have a greater purpose, it's just that. So anchoring to your why when you are, because perfectionism paralyzes. Right. Perfectionism paralyzes and keeps you in a place of just sitting instead of moving forward. And when I was able to recognize that I was going to be really imperfect and I wasn't going to know it all. And I was going to have to ask for a lot of help. Yeah. And that this was a journey I was about to go on. But the journey mattered to me because we were creating jobs around the world. Um, we were promoting, you know, kids in vulnerable communities, getting education. And it just that has always propelled me forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that so much. So many nuggets that you said here you know, one being that I I think with perfectionism, you're, you're focused in on yourself, you know, and your own capabilities and what is considered enough for you. But then when you shift that perspective to who you're serving, then it becomes less about you and more about the mission. So you're not so focused on being perfect. You're more focused on how can I just best serve others or how can I, you know, create the best thing for others or whatever it is. And that propels you to move forward and to push forward because you're motivated by the mission. And I love that so much. And I completely agree. It's like, anytime I'm focused on myself, it's that narrow minded thinking that is clouded by where I lack and where my deficits are. But when I take my eyes off of myself, right. And I focus on God and where God's calling me, or I'm focused on those I'm serving then it's not about me, you know, then it's just how can I meet the needs of others rather than where I'm not enough. And um, that's deeply, deeply inspiring. 
Um, and, and like you said, you know, we sometimes have to kind of push through those feelings anyway, you know, like we, it's, it's totally normal to feel fear, to feel inadequacy, to feel doubt Mm -hmm. and still decide to move forward, still decide to take the steps forward. I think sometimes we won't step out and Till we don't feel fear, which is like unrealistic, right. which is like, once I don't it's feel totally unrealistic, right. It's like, once I don't feel fear, once I don't feel doubt, I'll step out. It's like, no, that's actually the other way. Today's episode is sponsored by better help. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation. Cause trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has Groupinar sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify, and you can apply for financial aid during the sign-up process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have two friends that have are all New York Times, New York Times bestsellers, and they're launching books right now. And the fear is like just as real as it was, you know, a few years ago. And there's just this sense of, you know, fear is my friend. Right. Fear is not the red light for me. Fear is just. I've learned to let fear accompany me, but not control me. Right. And to be gentle with that fear. And I let fear be my teacher because I'm able to stop and say, what am I afraid of? Okay. I mean, ultimately when I started Noonday and started having 
you know, gathering women in my home, I was so afraid no one was going to come. I was afraid I was going to be the one that would throw a party and no one would come. And that I was deathly afraid of that. And that's because my whole story growing up, I grew up in a very social place and then ends up, I had all this rejection Mm. in kindergarten, which is where, you know, I mean, these wounds go far and deep and they're old. And so it gave such an opportunity for healing for me, Mm -hmm. you know, to let fear be my teacher and to lead me back down the bread trail of where maybe that fear began. And it doesn't mean it doesn't go away. I mean, courage is not fearlessness. It's being afraid and being able to move forward anyway. And I think just learning to be gentle with all of these different emotions, understanding what their origins are and being really compassionate to those parts and then letting your true spirit-led self lead the way and say, you're here. I see you. You've tried to protect me at one point in my life. Right. Like, thank you. You know, um, anxiety. Yeah. You have over, you've been hypervigilant, you know, and that hypervigilant was trying to protect you, but you know what? I'm here now. Mm. I, I'm spirit, the spirit-led self is here and I can, I can guide you. So yeah. it's not that these parts ever go away and right. that is perfectionism to think that they do perfectionism is there is it's such it's a myth I mean it's absolutely a myth because the perfectionism is this belief that there's a point of arrival where Mm -hmm. you will be peaceful enough or you'll be pretty enough or skinny enough or have enough friends or be the good enough mom or whatever it might be and then then your purpose can begin Mm -hmm. then you can step out into those dreams that you've had and it's it's just a it's a paralyzing myth. And so for me, surrendering and acknowledging like yeah. perfectionism doesn't actually exist. Imperfection does. Imperfection is I'm loved as this imperfect person. Mm-hmm. God sees me in, in my imperfection and welcomes it all. Yeah. Welcomes every bit of it. And there's so much freedom in that. And especially for Christians, you know. When I think about Christians, it's like we know our ultimate outcome is we get Jesus. So with that in mind, I want us to be the ones that practice the most courage. Right. Because we know who we're headed towards and we know who's heading towards us. And Mm. Jesus will always come to find us no matter where we are. Yeah. And that itself is such a fuel for courage. I love that. I always say like, Faith is not that things will work out the way you plan, but faith is that no matter how things work out, God has you, right? Like in the end. And I love what you're saying. And even, um, yeah, perfectionism doesn't allow you to be a beginner in anything, right? Like it always expects you to show up as the finished product. And there's like this fear of beginning, like you just said, like starting that first group in your home where you don't know who's going to show up. You have to be a beginner first. You have to allow yourself to have the two people show up or the five people show up before the 30. Um, You have to allow yourself to let the two people show up on your Instagram live before the 50, you know, Um, and continue to move through that. And Mm -hmm. I just automatically think of Psalm 23, four, where David talks about how he walks through the valley Mm -hmm. of the shadow of death. And Mm -hmm. you are with me. He didn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't walk around it. He's not trying to find a way around it. He's saying God walks with me through it. And that's, that's just it, that it's that vulnerable part 
of starting things that we just have to like walk through and allow ourselves to learn and focusing more on curiosity than outcome. I always say, you know, just getting curious, like, like you did where you're like, this could actually be a business or I'm going to keep selling this and see how this happens and see what happens and see who this Mm -hmm. helps. And just continuing to build on that, you know, rather than like, I need to, you know, make sure 50 people show up here or this needs to have this many sales or I'm a failure unless this happens. It's like, just be curious, Mm -hmm. just be curious about your journey. Um, And then another thing that you pointed out was actually you kind of, talked about an internal family systems model, which uh, for those who are in the therapeutic world, it's this idea that all of our emotions kind of serve this purpose and we hold on to them for a reason. And you mentioned that when you were younger, there was like this fear of rejection and that fear and that defense served a purpose for a time and really reframing it and saying, as we're moving through things, when fear shows up, it's this what we consider reparenting ourselves where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I understand why fear, I understand why you're here. I understand you're trying to protect me, but we are doing what we need to do and we are safe and we will be okay. And I know that idea sounds a little weird to people at first, like, are you talking to yourself? Like you're talking to fear, but it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you need to like, reframe that mentally. And sometimes it's just speaking directly to whatever that emotion is and, and embracing that it's there for a purpose. It's there for a reason instead of fighting it and then speaking truth to it. Yeah. It's been such a powerful model for me and compassionate model. And even when I wrote my book, Imperfect Courage, I, before I even knew about internal family systems, I have a whole chapter in there about kind of the, the girls in the lunchroom in my head. And Mm. they're the ones that are, you know, they're the naysayers. They're the ones telling me, no, you're, you're going to be rejected or you're going to fail or you're going to look stupid or whatever. And even my book, I, I, I remember saying, you know, it's time for someone to tell them to like, shut up. Um, I think I call them the itty bitty, bologna sauce committee is my mom's <laughs> version and my dad's is another version and I after being introduced to this idea of internal family systems which has been fairly recent in the last couple of years I realized oh I'm actually being mean to the voices that were trying to protect me and what does it look like to even demonstrate compassion and curiosity to those parts of you mm-hmm. that you you want to just get rid of them I mean recently I I have this entitled toddler in me that's like, but I've worked so hard and I deserve. And my therapist said to me, usually an entitled toddler is feeling hungry and throwing a fit because they didn't get what they needed. They didn't, they needed a nap and they needed some water to drink. And for the first time I thought, oh my gosh, I've always been so embarrassed about this entitled part and just, Mm -hmm. you know, did not want to even acknowledge her because it's embarrassing to have that part and and now even realizing oh she just she needed some attention you know and so anyway it's it is it's really powerful to to learn how to demonstrate compassion and curiosity towards all of our emotions and thoughts and I know that that also has helped me in my journey of courage because again perfectionism is thinking that oh you have to be rid of all of these quote-unquote 
you know, bad thoughts or bad emotions before actually moving forward. But it's actually the journey that is the teacher, you know, right. it really is. Right. And I wouldn't be learning all this if I still, I mean, I've had to practice so much courage, especially in the last couple of years with, with this business model and the pandemic. And, um, you know, it continues to be my teacher. So I'm really, yeah. really grateful. And, you know, on the other side of our fears is our impact, is our purpose. And there is only one way and it is through. Like that is yeah. the path. The path is through and you can't circumvent. And the more you try to circumvent, the more you're going to just delay what's ultimately going to happen. Because ultimately to be human is to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and to be vulnerable is to be courage, courageous. So you can only avoid that for so long. So you might as well just, you know, face it head on. Just face it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm finding that like, like, okay, we're talking about having courage and like stepping out in your dreams or stepping out in your business or doing your calling. But I'm finding that especially with the younger generation, I mean, I'm pretty young, but like with Gen Z, I guess, and and all of that, and some younger folks that I speak to, now it's beyond like perfectionism in your dream. It's just perfectionism and showing up online. It's just like, showing up perfectly online and with your friends or, you know, people just wanting to share a message or share something they're passionate about online, but they're afraid to show their face. They're afraid to do a live. They're Mm -hmm. afraid to do a video. They're afraid, you know, and not that you have to be doing these things to be worthy or important, but realistically there are people who want to be doing these things to create a mission, to create a community community for good Um, but it's holding them back, you know, the fear of showing up perfectly online. Um, I'm just curious as someone who has an online platform and, um, really talks a lot about showing up in courageous imperfection, how has that Mm -hmm. journey or navigation been for you in the online space? Yeah. You know, I think for me, the last couple of years have been tough just because I think um, I hold a lot of tensions mm. and I'm in a lot of spaces. So I am a Christian, but my business is a lifestyle fashion brand. Yeah. So um, I have people that work for me that share my faith. I have people that work for me that don't. Um, and I speak about my faith, but it's not necessarily core to the, I guess the, my online message messaging. I get it. Yeah. So I really have to kind of have this value based message. And I think about, okay, what are my values? You know, courage, authenticity, vulnerability. And I just run everything through that filter. And I've also had to come to peace with it's okay that I don't talk about these certain parts of me or I talk about them, you know, cause they're me and I'm one of my values is authenticity, but it's okay if it's not front and center. And, you know, yeah, people have gotten just, I, I get, I've definitely gotten more critical feedback the last year. I just think people are more mm-hmm. um, brazen. I think oh, people yeah. are just sitting at a stoplight scrolling and they just type something off and they aren't thinking about it. Um, and it's, I, last year I was in a really hard season emotionally and that's when I interviewed you and I was doing a podcast series on self-awareness and mm. it's just my excuse to get to talk to a lot of therapists. <laughs> Free therapy. <laughs> Free therapy for a couple months. Um, and I, 
I'm looking in the rearview mirror now, thankfully, and I'm in a, just a better place. And so I'm much more able to make generous assumptions. So I think it truly has to be identify your values, yeah. filter your content through those values, and just be radical about making generous assumptions about people. You know, because I've gotten some nit- nitpicky things, and I just remember going, you know what? I could see how she could think that, or she's probably having a bad day, or, you know, I mean, so there, I don't want to say develop thick skin, because I do think that's the opposite of vulnerability, but I think developing a radical ability to assume positive intent and Mm. be able to not find your identity and your, you know, any sort of outcome in other people's comments, and that's just... That's just the reality. And then there's certain things that I just don't talk about online. Yeah. And, and you don't have to. Um, <laughs> it's like. And I don't have to. Yeah. You know, even though that probably has a whole story around it too. Yeah. So um, it has definitely gotten freaking harder. Okay. Just throwing out a quick question. Are you a type A or type B person? I know that's like a very superficial label, but if you were to lean one way or the other, which one are you? I always love to ask like high functioning women this question. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I overall would definitely consider myself type B. I'm very adaptable. If you walk into my house right now, you're going to see piles everywhere. Right. My car isn't clean. I Same. can go days without washing my hair. <laughs> but yeah. if you were to see me directing a photo shoot or right. meeting with my design team or talking about a marketing campaign, you would think, Ooh, she's a boss girl, right? <laughs> you know, so it really depends on the environment I am in. Cause I'm, I'm a stickler for, um, just a high level of excellence and work ethic. Um, at the same time, yep. I'm also really understanding and completely laid back in most other areas of my life. I am the same. Ex- I'm like, are we the same person? I'm the same exact way. I'm typically, I, I don't want to categorize, but a lot of creatives I know are usually type B because we usually just like to kind of go with the flow or explore things or try things. And we're kind of into the big picture vision, not so much the detail details, but we can work hard where we need to. Um, I'm the same exact way. I'm very go with the flow. I'm very like my day changes doing different things and I don't need to cross 20 things off my to-do list. Um, no. That doesn't bring me any satisfaction. Um, <laughs> but I, I ask that because I've been also having conversation with people who like, they see women uh, like you, you know, who's doing something great um, or they see women on social media and it looks like they're just killing it, right? Their eating is great. Right. They're knocking things off their to-do list. They're doing big things. And I think people think they need to be like perfect or type A or need to show up in this very rigid way to be successful Uh in what they do. So I wanted to ask you that because um, I just wanted to give yet another example that there are a lot of type Mm. B kind of more laid back, creative, go with the flow, non-perfectionistic women who are excelling at what they do and have this personality type. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And I, you know, I'm, I have my regular practices of eating well and exercise and prayer and I'm not a slob. I mean, I love, (laughs) I love my house to feel like a good space, but I, 
can go to bed at night with piles of dishes in the sink and piles of shoes at the bottom of my bed and, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so kind of been wrapping up here. Just so many sweet nuggets that were that were shared. Um, what would you say to the person listening who wants to step out on something they're passionate about, even if it is just showing up online to share something they're passionate about? But they're just paralyzed by all the things that we talked about, by perfectionism, by the fear of being seen, the fear of being criticized, or the fear of being seen as unqualified. And those are the things that are holding them back. Um, as someone who has stepped out in faith, um, as someone who is type B personality and yeah. um, is flexible and whatnot, what encouragement might you have for them? I would really look and see where are you tying your identity to the outcome mm, because we yeah. have some outcome in mind and often it's the fear of not reaching that outcome or the fear of failing at that outcome and when we tie our identity to that yeah. that will keep us paralyzed so it really is untangling us ourselves from the outcome and being able you know you cannot finish what you don't start and so it's about taking that next right step without thinking about the outcome. And the wonderful thing about courage is that it's a muscle that once you start using it, it truly does get stronger. Yeah. And so the more you just take that next step and it feels so crazy vulnerable. I mean, the things like I remember when I first started traveling internationally, kind of after I'd gotten married and had kids and it was scaring me to death. I thought, what well, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my kids orphans. Like, you know, yeah. I would just like meditate yeah. on, almost on, I'm putting everyone at risk by just flying to these places. I don't even think about those things anymore, you know, and it's because I've just done them enough. And so yeah. courage is the muscle. And the only way you're going to get stronger is by taking that next right step and letting go of the outcome and knowing that if you are a Christian, then God, I mean, you get God at the end of the day. That's so good. I love that. Um, I've experienced the same thing. It's actually in the stepping out that builds the character and it builds the resiliency. Uh -huh. But I like what, how you put it. It's like a muscle. Like the more you step out um, and you feel that fear and that you feel that pushing through anyway, and you see the outcomes, uh -huh. even though that's not your focus you you get used to doing that like you get used to stepping out and you get used to trying things because you've done it you know um same with the person who's afraid to show up online or whatever it is like you've you've showed your face before you've you've lived through that fear you've experienced it and you're you survived it and you're moving forward um so there is something to be said about like you in order to learn and grow and be successful in what you're trying to do that only happens in the stepping out it doesn't it's not going to happen in the thinking about it it's not going to happen in the planning about it you can plan yourself to death and think yourself to death but until the moment you actually step out and experience and do it and learn from that experience um that's where that's where all the goodness is so mm. So, so much goodness good. on the other side of fear. Just go scared, you guys. Go scared. Thank you so much, Jessica. How can those who are listening just stay plugged into what you're doing? You guys definitely check out the Noonday Collection Shop because it is cute. It's so cute. 
like the jewelry. Yes. And then it, as she said, it has a wonderful cause behind it. Um, so mm-hmm. how can they stay plugged in with you? Yeah, check out our shop. And if you're interested in gathering, you get some really fun benefits when you gather your friends and spread the word about Noonday. And I just did a gathering this week and it was so much fun. I just feel like, oh my God, we're gathering again. I can't tell you how good it felt to just laugh Mm. with women and style and chit chat. And then you can also do that virtually online. You can gather your friends online. And then if you're interested and you are wanting to just have some fun, earn a little extra money while also making a huge difference in the world, go to our website at noondaycollection.com and click on join. And you can read a little bit about a side hustle with Noonday by becoming an ambassador. And then you can find me over on Instagram, Jessica Honiger, two G's, one N. And I have a podcast called Going Scared and a book called Imperfect Courage. Yes. Yes, she does. And I love following you. It's so much fun. (laughs) I love seeing you try on the different jewelry. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, So follow her, guys. (laughs) Jessica, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, 